Chapter eighty two of the Wild Huntress. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shasta, Oakland, California. The Wild Huntress by Thomas Main Reed. Chapter eighty two Marigny We had ridden around the butte and were in the sight of the crowd of wailing women when one on horseback was seen emerging from their midst and turning head towards us. The habiliments of the rider told that she was a woman. I recognized the Navajo scarf and plumed circlet as those worn by the wild huntress. It was she who had separated from the crowd. Had I needed other evidence to identify her, I saw it in the wolf-like animal that was bounding after her, keeping pace with the gallop of her horse. Behold, I said, yonder is Marion, your own Marion. It air as I'm a living man, I mightn't a knowed her in that queer dress, but yon's her dog. It's Wolf. I could tell him anywhere. On second thoughts, suggested I, perhaps I had better see her first and prepare her for meeting you. What say you? Just as you like, Captain. Perhaps it might be the better way. Bide behind the wagon, then. Stay there till I give you a signal to come forth. Obedient to the injunction, my companion trotted back and disappeared behind the white tilt. I saw the huntress was coming towards the mound, and instead of going forth to meet her, I remained upon the spot where we had halted. A few minutes sufficed to bring her near, and I was impressed more than ever with the grand beauty of this singular maiden she was mounted in the indian fashion with a white goatskin for a saddle and a simple thong for a stirrup while the bold style in which she managed her horse told that whatever had been her early training she of late must have had sufficient practice in equestrian maneuvers the steed she bestrode was a large chestnut-colored mustang, and as the fiery creature reared and bounded over the surf, the magnificent form of its rider was displayed to advantage. She still carried her rifle, and was equipped just as I had seen her in the morning, but now, sharing the spirit of her steed, and further animated by the exciting incidents still in the act of occurrence, her countenance exhibited a style of beauty not the less charming from the wildness and bravery that characterized it. Truly, she merited the praises which the young backwoodsman had oft lavished upon her. To all that he had said, the most critical connoisseur would have given his accord. No wonder that Wingrove had been able to resist the fascinations 
of the simpering sirens of swampville no wonder that swanee had solicited in vain truly was this wild huntress an attractive object and charms far excelling the goddess of the ephesians never was there such mate for a hunter well might gringrove rejoy at the prospect before him ho stranger she said reining up by my side you are safe i see all has gone well i was in no danger i had no opportunity of entering into the fight so much the better there were enough of them without you but your fellow-travellers do they still survive i have come to inquire after them thanks to you and good fortune they are still alive even he who was scalped and whom we had believed to be dead ah is the scalp man living yes he has been badly wounded and otherwise ill-used but we have hopes for his recovery take me to him i have learnt a little surgery from my indian friends let me see your comrade perhaps i may be of some service to him we have already dressed his wounds and i believe nothing more can be done for him except what time may accomplish but i have another comrade who suffers from wounds of a different nature which you alone can cure wounds of a different nature repeated she evidently puzzled by my ambiguous speech of what nature may i ask i paused before making reply whether she had any suspicion of a double meaning to my words i could not tell if so it was not openly evinced but most artfully concealed by the speech that followed during my stay among the utahs said she i have had an opportunity of seeing wounds of many kinds and have observed their mode of treating them perhaps i may know how to do something for those of your comrade but you say that i alone can cure them you and only you how is that stranger i do not understand you the wounds i speak of are not of the body where then in the heart oh stranger you are speaking in riddles if your comrade is wounded in the heart either by a bullet or an arrow it is an arrow then he must die it will be impossible for anyone to save him not impossible for you you can extract the arrow you can save him mystified by the metaphor for some moments she remained gazing at me in silence her large antelope eyes interrogating me in the midst of her astonishment so lovely were those eyes that had their irids been blue instead of brown i might have fancied they were lilians in all but color they looked exactly like hers as i had once seen them spellbound by the resemblance i gazed back into them without speaking 
so earnestly and so long that she might easily have mistaken my meaning perhaps she did so for her glance fell and the circle of crimson suffusion upon her cheeks seemed slightly to extend its circumference at the same time it turned deeper in hue pardon me said i for what may appear unmannerly i was gazing at a resemblance a resemblance yes one that recalls the sweetest hour of my life i remind you of someone then i truly someone who has been dear to you has been and is ah and who sir may have the fortune to resemble one dear also to you your sister my sister lillian End of chapter 82